Good morning, everybody. Love Talk Radio. to interview today, Belinda Farrell, and she's going to talk about the multitude of spiritual experiences that she has had, and one of the reasons I asked her to join is that I find that I'm actually quite a skeptic, and I want to believe all sorts of amazing, wonderful, mystical, magical sorts of things, but at the same time, I was raised in a family who was full of scientific reasoning. Yes, I was raised in the scientific era and the scientific community. And therefore, to be able to empirically test something, to really question it, was always part of the verb of life. And I actually really appreciate that because we could swallow and stomach all sorts of things that had actually zero to do with what life was really all about. But Melinda Farrell has such a plethora of different experiences that it just it, it behooves us to listen to people, even if they're just the narratives of one person, to really come to terms with if she's experiencing these things why am I not? Or if she's experiencing things that are in the realm of the what apparently is invisible to our eye or into our everyday experience, then is there some way that we too can have those validating moments? Or what are those moments all about? Well, I'm waiting for her to call in here. So, Belinda, I know I just talked to you a moment ago. Go ahead and call 626-414-3510. She may be having a little bit of technical difficulty. Let me talk to you a little bit about Belinda so that while she comes in, you'll have the background. What I think is very good is that she tries to train herself. Maybe you have trained yourself as well. She's a certified master hypnotherapist. She's an NLP master practitioner. She's a HUNA practitioner, and that's where I see she does a majority of her interventions in terms of healing and getting into connection with her spiritual aspects of life. And she's also recently become a reconnective healing practitioner. And I think I see her calling. Belinda, hello, is that you there? Aloha, it is me. I've just snuck in. Oh, good. I'm so glad you did. I'm talking all about you, you see. Did you hear us doing it? One more thing I wanted to say about Belinda is that she's also trained with Anthony Robbins and has done the fire walk for 18 times, which is generally all about being able to know that you can do whatever you put your mind to, that you can rise above your sense of limitations. And Belinda, with all of that, and I don't know if you heard the whole introduction, I welcome you so much to the show. Inspire us to think about the spiritual realm. Thank you so much, Carol. I feel so honored to be here and to be connected with you and all your listeners. And it's all synchronicity, isn't it? Oh, yes. <laughs> That's a topic for another day, or maybe today as well. And we actually did another show on synchronicity as someone who lives that life, and that's Susan Nance. That's interesting you should bring that up, that synchronicity in itself. You know, Belinda, right. you, you've done so much living. You've been an actress, a race car driver, a parent, now a grand, grandmother. You conduct so many different meetings. This, we could talk and talk forever, but I was wondering if you could give us some stories that would wow all of us into really being conscious that there is a spiritual realm and that we actually can interface with it on our given any given day. 
Well, you know, most of my work has been about cleaning, cleaning the inside of us. And the Mm. more we clean about the past and things that drag us down, the more we have energy to really see the world through different eyes. And when you see the world through different eyes, the the blankets come off, the the mirrors mm. come off, the wow. the shrouds of protection come off from other realms that you're mm. able to see more clearly when you're mm. in the present time. And that's why doing the forgiveness process inside yourself, letting go of old stories allows you to, you know, just say, I'm going to get over this fear and I'm going to go swim with dolphins and I'm going to mm-hmm. see maybe a shark in the water and maybe a whale and, and it'll all be just wonderful. And that's what I've been experiencing, that the more miracles come as you give yourself that that um, opportunity to be in the present time. And I've seen things that I guess normal people would say I'd be crazy, but, you know, <laughs> so maybe I am, and that's wonderful. I'm going to vouch for you. I've known you for a, a lot of years, and right. uh, while we don't live in the same community at all, I will vouch that you are a sane, reasonable, real human being with an incredible oh, heart very and dedication yeah. to being authentic. Right. Well, I love having, um, you know, I I love being in reality. I love, you know, just seeing what's going on in the world. I don't shroud, I don't hide myself, and I'm very practical. And, you know, I like to see things explained, but there's sometimes there's the inexplainable that only your faith can allow you to experience. You know, I was a stunt driver for many years. And um, I was, just for one example, I was on a job in Aspen, Colorado. And, of course, there was a snowstorm the day we were supposed to be filming. And we were up at this um, one big high mountain, and the cars were down below. And the director, you know, he just kind of tolerated me. I was the girl on the shoot. And you you have to always be proving yourself when you're with the, the big boys, let's say, the big stunt drivers who have been doing it for years. And I was just a, a newbie. And so they sent me down below to to bring the cars up. And they knew it was a snowstorm. They knew that this was almost impossible. And he sent me anyway. And I sat in one car, and I almost started crying. I said, what am I supposed to do now? And I heard this message come through me. said, Turn on the ignition, put it in neutral, and put your hands on the wheel. And I, I did that. I just I followed that direction. And as soon as I did that, the car started moving up the hill. And I was not doing anything but guiding it. And I actually saw two angels in the front. I could see the outline of their wings, and I could see this rope. It was just from my purpose to see how that car was moving. And they moved it all the way up the hill. As soon as we got to the crew and the director, his mouth just went open. And I had so much respect after that. Of course, I never said anything of what happened, but I got the car up there. Mm -hmm. So that was the only time I'd ever seen angels in this dimension, you know, that were in actual physical form. Okay. Treat us with a glimpse. Give us a a, a mental photograph of what you saw. What do angels look like? Well, it it was, you know, like two beings that had wings that were pulling this car up with a rope. Mm. And I'm sure they could have done it without the rope, but the rope was there, and they were on each side of the car, and they were moving it up 
the hill with mm. this with this rope. And I was just in awe. I was just saying thank you, thank you, thank you. I mean there were tears coming out of my mm-hmm. eyes. I I was I just thank you. And all I had was the faith of a mustard seed. You know, I listened wow told me what to do. Uh, another instance was, I remember almost 20 years ago when I was just in the very beginning of, of websites and trying to figure out who was going to do my website. Not many people could do it. And this woman right. started to do the website, and then she just, you know, left. She says, I can't do this anymore. Get somebody else. And I was like, oh, who am I supposed to get? And then, I'll, again, another voice came in my ear that said, go to Kinko's. And I got in my car, and I drove to Kinko's. I got up to the counter, and I just said, one of you is going to do my website. <laughs> That's all I said. And then wow. All these people at the counter, and this one guy came over to me, and I said, you're either going to do my website or you know somebody who is. And his name was Kevin. And he said, well, oh, you must mean my friend Kevin. And he wrote down Kevin's telephone number. Well, Kevin is still my webmaster. He got it up in a week. He was like a genius. He just he he just knew what to do. And that was just a message. And you have to be clear to hear the messages. You can't have a lot of chatter going on because these messages come in and you've got to act on them. Tell me how you deal with your sense of skepticism if you're hearing. Now, I'm never clear. Am I, am I hearing my cognitive skills? Am I hearing my fears? Am I hearing a clear angelic message? Um, well, am I hearing a single message? You know, how do you yeah. know? How do you know which one to follow? It, well, because you've asked a question or you've said, help me, you know, and, and that's, a, you know, a clear ask and you shall receive. And it comes oh. almost immediately. If it doesn't make sense to your conscious mind, it must mean that, you know, it's something that's pulling you in a direction that you're uncomfortable with or that you don't right. understand. And and that's great because your conscious mind can't figure that out. So, I mean, go to Kinko's. I mean, what what's – and I thought, oh, well, that's interesting. <laughs> I, but I did it. I mean, I don't know. I, I just got the message, go to Kinko's. Just like I said, some you know, help me with this car. How am I going to get it up the hill? And all of a sudden it says, put it in neutral, put your hand on the wheel. We'll take care of it. You know, you you have to trust. And if it's even bizarre and, and it creates fear in you, then it's probably taking you in the right direction. Oh, that's a fascinating statement. Now, you know, Linda, I deal with a lot of people who have struggles with paranoia, schizophrenia, uh, mm-hmm. And they can hear voices as well. And, and I don't want to just give a carte blanche any time right. you hear a voice inside. You know, I, I'm cautious about that. And that's why I really do ask, you know, how can you be conscientious about hearing the message and taking it and, and still re- remaining true to yourself and the reasonableness? And it's tricky, I think. For it is, it is tricky. And one of the things, I mean, I don't drink, I don't do drugs. I, I try to stay in a clear frame of mind so that I trust what's coming from my unconscious mind. This works for me. You know, I, I know that some people who have these other um, maladies, you know, again, perhaps can't trust all the voices that are coming in. So I'm saying for me, I, you have to, and for someone who stays clear of the drugs and the alcohol, because the drugs and the alcohol will cloud the unconscious and they'll numb it. And so that you can't hear the truth. 
And then you're just hearing the ego and, you know, all of the things that the ego tries to tell you to do. But the drugs and the alcohol will numb so that you don't get a clear answer. Okay. You know, it's, I was reading the book by Diane Stein about Reiki and Reiki energy just today, and she was saying that you cannot really channel the energy of Reiki under drugs, under alcohol, nor under anger. Um, well, that's, that's, those are just yeah. going to murk up the whole process and, and might even allow for influences to come in that are really antagonistic to you and the person you're trying to heal. Right. You have to get into a quiet mind, into a quiet space to connect with the unconscious mind. I used to do technical remote viewing, and for that, oh, yeah. it's especially trained um, into the unconscious because the unconscious is doing all of the, you know, the careful study and the surveillance on paper. And if anybody's ever had any marijuana, they can't reach that. You know, the, the people won't, they, they won't even grant you the, the testing to do it. So you have to be drug-free. Can you give us an example of when you did the remote viewing that was like starkly uh, in, indicative that this is a real phenomenon? Oh, it's it's. I was trained in Seattle, and um, they did even some videotapes of watching me train for this ten days, and we would just have blind targets in folders, and um, there would be a picture in the target, and they would they would issue the numbers to that picture and then all you would have are the corresponding numbers and then you'd have so much time like within 40 minutes to tell you exactly what was in that folder and it's just an amazing process at one time um, I was in the midst of a volcano and I started sweating and I started almost getting a high fever where I had to be taken out of the room because I was hyperventilating and I had drawn the picture of the volcano and I I was like inside it. It was just getting to erupt and it was almost making me pass out because you actually go into the target. You go into whatever you're remote viewing. My teacher, um, I mean, she was an amazing woman. Uh, she she developed these wounds on her hands when she was remote viewing Jesus on the cross, and her wow. palms of her hands started bleeding. So wow. it is a it is a dangerous I I call it a dangerous process, and I stopped doing it because mm-hmm. at the time we were having to um, really remote view the 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 terrorists after nine one one to find out where they were going to strike next. I didn't want to go into their minds, frankly. It's just I don't want to go into the dark place because sometimes you can't get out. And that's always a chance that you take when you're doing something like that. So I just decided to help people um, see their future, you know, to see their optimum future, and that's what I started doing you know more, but I, I I've stopped. It, it's a it's almost like a martial art. Interesting. It's mm. almost like a martial <laughs> art, and yeah. I I just didn't want to spend the time with it anymore. I trained in a, a little bit down here in Southern California with uh, someone, and uh, so one of the nights that I was actually practicing to the meditation, I, I just flipped over to this extremely detailed visualization of um, the space station that was active at the time. And it was a panic situation where they were losing their um, oxygen, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not going to go into all the details, but I certainly yeah. could. And what I found fascinating is the next morning, I never listened to the news in the car when I'm driving my kids to school. This was like not what I was going to do. But that morning, 
someone said, turn on the news, NPR radio at that very instant was reporting about this crisis that had occurred on the space station where they had to put their spacesuits on because they had lost their oxygen. Wow. Yeah. That's that exactly. was right. Very, that to me said, okay, there's something very real about this that I was able to engage in, and I'm no one special, and somehow that's a very strong indication that there's something to investigate here, whether you're spiritually minded or not, whether it's all well, material phenomena or yeah, not, it's, it's a real process. The unconscious mind is like a puppy dog that sniffs for clues. And when you really know how to train your unconscious mind, you can go into the future, you can go into all these different places because you're able to, you know, to direct the, you know, the unconscious mind. It, it's, it's, again, it's running your body. It knows 105,000 trillion more ways about you than your conscious mind does because without your knowing it, it's allowing your heart to beat. Everything is working at the unconscious level, and it's storing all your emotions and everything for lifetimes. It's, it's, it's broad, it's fast, it's deep, and it's, it's, uh, it's incredibly complex. Give us another example where the listeners will have to say, wow, okay, I really need to look into this. I really need to find out about it. Give us another example. Well, I just would like people to to know how powerful they are if they can, you know, clear the drugs and alcohol out of their bodies, how much they'll be able to listen to clues and, you know, to even heal themselves. Because that's how I, I healed my back 15 years ago was being able to get in touch with what I was saying to myself at the deep unconscious level. Just so think how powerful it is if you've been saying a script to yourself uh, for years that I, like I had been saying, I cannot be supported. My mind was saying, I can't be supported. So that was draining into my unconscious, which is running all the parts of me, including my spine. So it hears that over and over and again for years and years, and finally my spine does collapse. And I'm okay. left with paralysis and nerve damage and, you know, just can't walk anymore. And where the doctors say, okay, she, you know, you just need to have surgery or you're not going to walk again. So imagine how powerful that is. And then to find out that you can change that script. And so I did. I started to say, well, gosh, thank you for remembering how to heal, how to support me. Thank you that you remember. You remember how to regenerate. And so I started to say that to my unconscious mind and to clear all of the other, um, you know, inappropriate um, messages that I had been giving it and then begin to train my unconscious mind to see that, oh, my gosh, we could even climb trees again, couldn't we? When my back heals, we'll, we'll climb trees. And it got excited about that. And over wow. a period of four days, I had a new spine. Four days. Completely new four spine. days. Four days. I was in bed. I was in bed. I had had codeine to get rid of the pain. Um, I went through the whole process of the MRIs and what doctors had told me to do, and you know, couldn't walk and all my options. And I said, No, I'm going to see if this HUNA and my hypnosis work is going to work because I don't want to be cut open. I saw too many, too many failures. I had been married to a doctor, an orthopedic surgeon. I remember all of the failures they talked about with back surgery. So I wanted to see if this stuff really worked, and it does, if you take an active part in your healing. 
Okay, so you could not walk, you, and, and the doctor said you would not be able to walk again without surgery. And you're saying right, because four that's days all they know later. is how to cut, how to you know, how to slice people open, and how to put things back together. But they don't count the incredible healing of your unconscious mind and your higher self. You, it's an equation. This is ancient Hawaiian wisdom. This is how we used to know how to heal ourselves when we could get in touch with the unconscious and then that would bring down our higher self inside of us, which changes the DNA of the body. Can you give us, a, um, I don't know, a, a real crash course here in some of the HUNA magic or the HUNA um, well, I'm, I'm doing work. a book. <laughs> I'm doing Yay. a book, and it's, oh, it's, a and it's going to have. It's going to probably be out next year, and it's going to be like the simple ABCs of how to to clean, how to connect, send a gift up to the top of your head through the breath. Because the higher self doesn't have a body. We all have a higher self. And this has to be fitted into the equation. This, was, this is what makes us more powerful than we can even imagine, is our God self. It's, it's a part of us that, again, just has to be accessed if we give it permission to come in, because nothing interferes with our, you know, with our own consciousness. We have to say yes or no for this part of us to come inside. And it needs a gift. It, you know, like you go to a friend's house, you bring a gift, you bring a bottle of wine, you bring, you know, a cake or something. Well, in order for this to come down into our physical body, we have to send up some honey. And that honey is in the form of a ha breath. It's a deep breath through the nose to the top of the head and then a that comes down and you do this in sets of four for about 10 times so that's about 40 ha breaths then the higher self thinks oh we're serious it wants us you know it wants me to come in the higher self is the key to bringing that change about and the only way to access that is through the unconscious mind because the unconscious has to be cleared. There's a pipeline that goes up to the higher self, and if it's all clogged with stuff from the past, like, oh, God, all my failures, all my this, my yada, yada, my old stories, it's like, you know, trying to fit new clothes into a closet that, you know, you still have the out-of-date um, remnants from, you know, the 60s and the 50s in there. You've got to clear out the closet to make room for the new desires. Wow. Does that make sense? Yeah, it absolutely does. It's very, it's very, very, it's very reasonable to be able to think. You know, and I work with people that that it, it, you know you're so dedicated to those negative thoughts, and you really want to keep right. those negative thoughts in order to be able to live them, don't you? And they look at me like, well, I'm crazy. yeah, it defines well, you, and and you go to all these different places, and you keep telling your same right. old story. Oh, and yeah. I I have a friend that. Um, you know, she used to do this all the time, and finally I said, you know, I'm not listening to your stories anymore. I, I loved her so much that I just I wanted to keep her in my life, and she had to just start, you know, saying something new. What are you going to do today? How are you going to move through today? What 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 are your plans for today and tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Instead of just trying to recreate and solidify and give credence to the past, which is not going to serve her now. Right. And right. once you do that, you you develop new energy because then your attachment to all these stories is going to fall by the wayside. And if you don't have an emotional attachment, they'll lose their power. Anything oh. that you yeah, anything that you don't have an emotional attachment to, finally fades away. It's like when the wall came tumbling down in East Berlin. Nobody mm-hmm. believed in communism anymore. So it just we didn't mm-hmm. believe in it. It fell away. 
Okay, and that's so, what's happening to our country and to a lot of old ideas. People are saying, you know, that doesn't serve me anymore. That doesn't have integrity. Mm-hmm. That doesn't honor mm-hmm. me. So, you know, they're going to look for something with more substantiality, more connection to spirit, you know, more truth and wisdom, more now, love. How does how does your chanting as a vibrational work fit into this template that you're you're mapping out for us? Well, the chants are prayers, and they have a, a tonal pattern that awakens your sleeping cells that that English does not connect to. So you can do mm-hmm. talk therapy till you're blue in the face, and it still stays the mm-hmm. same. And mm-hmm. it's it's like an encrypt, um, a, a, just a different languaging. When you hear the chant, it it makes you feel more mellow, more at home, more serotonin, more theta, more alpha. It gets out of your beta chatter, and it puts you into that just higher loving frequency. It's as though, you know, when I go into the water and I just start chanting or I just sing the Alleluia Chorus, hum it to the dolphins, mm-hmm. they just hum. Or you start mm-hmm. laughing. You know, it's that laughter that is it's just it's so intoxicating you want to be around somebody who's happy and that's what chants do or drumming or any kind of ancient prayer just saying you know thank you thank you to yourself you don't even know why you're saying it but just you know thank you god thank you or thank you i love you you're saying it to yourself that's cleansing and and it creates happy molecules and you'll feel better And we all That's want to feel beautiful. better, don't we? We all do. Yeah, we all want to live into this this world that I think we all think is not very reasonable or very logical. And here you're saying you know, it's not about reason or logic. It's not even about the body decomposing. It's about being consciously living in the, in the most elevated state that you can attain in the moment. Um, exactly. And if we look for that, we'll find more and more of it. If if we concentrate on what the news is feeding us, of course, we'll make more and more of the bad mm-hmm. stuff. So we have to really constantly be monitoring ourselves so we don't get caught up in that other kind of toxic world because you want to be around people who are creating new things. One of the most wonderful statements um, that's always been empowering for me, it's like, um, and all of a sudden I'm not thinking about it, It's, it's something, I mean, we create everything in our world. And nothing, this is it, nothing has any meaning except the meaning that I give it. Nothing has any meaning but the meaning I give to it. Yeah, that's right. I mean, what kind of meaning are you going to give to whatever happens to you? You can say, oh, that's the most worst thing that ever happened to me. Or you can say, gee, maybe I'll see the the good in this someday, so why don't I try to look for it now? I mean, nothing has any meaning except what I attach to it. So it's like it's like this, you know. You can either choose to be hopeful or hopeless, and since exactly. it's more since it's more beneficial to be hopeful, go ahead and be hopeful. You know, it's like <laughs> right. there's no real point in being hopeless. Yeah, I mean, and then you have friends. You know, you want to be around those people that are a little more positive than the ones that drag you down. Um, you just don't want to be around them anymore, and that's what we're can making you- choices about. You know, we really want to create. You know, our own world where we see the possibilities, you know, how, in how, things that are coming down that aren't working anymore, but we're creating new jobs or new ways of making a living and new ways of helping one another and new ways of being, you know, as a collective consciousness, 
um, more viable, creating, you know, just a better world for ourselves. New, the word new. Keep, you keep saying the word new. How how have the dolphins and all their swimming interchanges with the dolphins contributed to this point of view as well? Oh, and when I come back from Hawaii, and I just got back a few weeks ago, I always have a more clarity, more clear vision of what I'm supposed to do here. And all of the other busy-type things kind of fall by the wayside. They give me clarity. They they mm-hmm. just put me in right order so that I can come back and be a land animal again. <laughs> I, <laughs> I miss my my morning swims. And being just totally, you know, carried away with them. But, you know, we're we're here in this world to help one another, to fulfill our dreams, to, you know, fulfill our, our soul's desire to move to higher levels. And that's what I'm, you know, that's what I'm here for, for however long I'm supposed to be here. The dolphins have assisted me in that, and that was coming from a person who was scared out of her wits to be in water. So that fear, any kind of fear, can turn over and become your greatest ally. Wow. The dolphins taught me how to swim, and um, they would come into my dreams and then teach me, you know, that I was swimming. So I just had to be with them. Wow. And that's that's how you decided to go forward with that? Did you go on a dolphin swim first and then decided to lead your own? Well, it's weird. I was... I was learning all about the HUNA, and again, the, learning about HUNA is, is also connecting to your higher self. And I had been doing this breathing, lots of breathing, and then as the higher self came in, it was like a fountain coming down, like a rain of blessing coming down inside of you. And as it came down inside, these waters were parting, and these dolphins and whales were coming inside my mind. And I just, to this day, I will never forget how that was, like this the sea parting and all these dolphins and whales coming in, and that's when the dream started. Um, so it was in the HUNA training of bringing down the higher self that that happened, and I found somebody to take me out, scared to death. I put scars in his arm because I had um, clawed him as I was afraid oh, oh, to go out in the water. But eventually they came to me and started downloading information and then I had a friend who said, I'll help you bring people here, and I've been doing that now for almost 15 years. What do you mean by downloading information? Well, they they sonar you, and so you feel like, oh, my gosh, something is going inside me, and then I would have to sleep. Um, when I'd get out of the water, I'd have to sleep four to six hours, and I knew that this information was coming inside me. It, it just I was different when I'd wake up. And wow. a lot of the the heavy stuff that I used to carry with me was, was leaving my body. So, I mean, there was a, a huge transition process of getting me ready to, you know, to guide people into the water. That's one I thing I've so always noticed about I, you is, is, is that you don't seem, you seem to be really honest with the way you feel about certain things and we've talked personally, yeah. but you, 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 but you radiate, you radiate. You're like being around oh. a light bulb. Well, I'm, you know, this is just me. I'm honest. This is what you get. You know, I I feel that when you hide things, you're just, you're toxing yourself, you know, toxifying yourself. And so um, it's good to just get everything out in the open. 
You know, you feel better, and I like feeling better. I don't, I don't like being in pain or being sick. I've been there, done that. So it's, it's much better to be honest. That's what I'm finding. Tell me, about, tell me about being a practitioner of reconnective healing and what experiences you've had using the Dr. Eric Pearl style of the reconnection. Well, that just seemed to resonate with the fifth dimension again. The higher self is of a fifth dimension. And what I loved about Dr. Pearl's, um, it's not a technique, but we would tune in to already this fifth dimension. And it was just this higher frequency. And we didn't have an agenda. I didn't. I wouldn't go in and say to the client, okay, now we're going to heal your back or we're going to heal this injury. I, the, the frequencies would give the client exactly what they need to heal at the deepest level of whatever it is they first need to heal, mental, emotional, physical, or spiritual. So my agenda was out of there. It was, it's, it's clear. It's more concise. There's things happening when you're pulling and stretching these frequencies. And I just find it very um, simple but absolutely really powerful in changing people's lives and getting them to another level. And um, it, and the reconnection itself, having your reconnection done, um, puts you on this accelerated path that you cannot do your, I mean, you cannot not be on your spiritual path. It really accelerates you on that higher frequency. And that's why I'm writing the book. I don't like to write. I'm not a writer. I mean, it's like this thing pulled me, said, you're writing, and we're going to do everything to help you now. And that was right after my reconnection. So whatever it is that you're still meaning to do, that two-day reconnection will put you right there to do it. Wow, that's, that's amazing. Now, what is the name of your book? What are you titling it so far? Um, well, it's called Find Your Friggin' Joy, Simple Ways to Clean the Plaque of Your Soul. Okay, say it one more time. Find find, find your friggin' joy. And then dot, 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 simple ways to clean the plaque of your soul. So I'm going to show that we have plaque buildup when we have this emotional garbage that collects and we don't get a chance to, to clean it and we gather it for a lifetime. And I'm going to show you ways to clean it, to dissolve it, so that you can reach your higher self and find your friggin' joy. That is awesome. Now, now tell us one more departing experience that lets all of us know that we cannot ignore the spiritual realm, our own spiritual consciousness, and if we're skeptics, we can't ignore that we need to go investigate this realm. What would be another powerful, definite, well, I know you have so many. <laughs> There's so much. Choose, I mean, choose a few. It isn't, isn't it interesting? Yesterday, I, I just was on the Internet, and in your neck of the woods in Orange County, there was a big ball of light in the sky. Did you see no. that or did you hear no, about I did that? Not. No. Well, it, it was all over the Internet today, and these are normal people, skeptics, that saw this big ball. It looked like a, a spaceship, and it was having, um, like, fireworks coming out of it. No one could understand what that was. They'd never seen a light like that before, and it was on the news. I mean, we have spiritual things, encounters all around us. I mean, they're just there. It's just our... Our conscious minds are just trying to make some sense out of it. So I'm just looking with um, with awe 
you know, at just how our world is unfolding. And I think the the clearer that you can be inside, you're going to start to see these miracles happening in your own life of just your own healing. I was talking to a gentleman the other day, and he injured his ankle, and the doctors were saying, oh, my gosh, you're going to have to have a cast and all this. And then he just went home and he started talking to it. Just like I'm telling you, you, you can talk to your body. And he said, you know, I'm a scientist, but when I started talking to it, it started feeling better. And there's an example of just taking the time of just on your own, just talking to the part of you that's not not feeling well. It, I told him that your leg is like a little puppy. It's like a little two-year-old child, and it's having a temper tantrum. And you can't bludgeon it to get it to, you know, to, to follow your guide. You have to talk to it gently and like you would a little child. And as soon as you do, it goes, ah, you know, it's like its boo-boo has been kissed. <laughs> the boo-boo was kissed, and it starts to heal. It starts to, you know, go back to the way it was and remember that, you know, it's it knows how to heal. So, I mean, that was just an ordinary skeptical scientist that, you know, tuned into that amazing miracle process that we all have available to us. Now, some people would say that that's the power of our mind, like body-mind connection, and that that doesn't have to have anything to do with spirituality. Um, my guest yesterday was of that mindset, which is, a, you know, a viable position. What, what in your experience seems to catapult it away from just a body-mind uh, connection? Well, remember, are, Carol, these these are just terms. You know, we get caught up in the semantics of these words. And, you know, spirituality to me is something totally different to somebody else. Just like when you say the word love. I mean, in Sanskrit, aren't there like 98 different meanings to love? And we have one word for it. Wow. So we just get caught up with another person's meaning of that same word. And that's where we get in trouble. Um, when when we can get past the word and we get to the emotion and the feeling and the connection of the three parts of us, which is the conscious mind, the part, the logical part of us, we have the unconscious part we can't see that lives down in the basement, you know, where we of our bodies, and then we have a higher part of us that that lives, you know, above our heads. And if we can connect all these three and have them all working together, then we become more in touch with the power that we have within ourselves. And, I, you know, I don't know what to say to these people that are caught up with the words because the words are going to always get us into trouble because of the different hmm. meanings that, that each person has in connection with those words. So sure. somehow we can get past the words and just find a, a common ground where we all can connect. That's why music is such a music of the soul. That's why the chance. Oh, there was an experience when I was in Hawaii, and I was, you know, I tell my clients about the power of these chants. And there was this man who was like the dolphin police, and he he was a very menacing person. This was years ago, and he wanted to find the leader of the group, you know, who was going to go out and swim with the dolphins. So he comes up to me, and he's towering over me in his height. And, you know, he was almost like he was ready to slug me. And all I did was look up to him and start chanting. And I I didn't say a word. I just chanted. 
this one chant. And he just turned around. He melted in his in his stature, and he walked away. We never saw him again. And that was, was the that? power of that chant. It it connected to a deeper part of him that said, you know, I, I've, I'm I'm not going to be angry around these people anymore. It was like he was ashamed, and he just turned around and walked away. Oh wow. So the chance, and and not only in my book, but in Pila Childs, he's he also wrote a book called um, Secrets and Mysteries of Hawaii, and he puts this chant in one of his chapters, um, and and tells the story of a woman who was in a bank, and she was right in the midst of somebody robbing the bank. He'd come in with a gun, and he was threatening everybody to go down on the floor. She knew that chant, and she started chanting it under her breath. Within five minutes, and we can't prove it, he had laid his gun down and given himself up. Wow. Yeah, and Pila put that in his book. Because there are a lot of undocumented things. That that chant is like my, you know, my magnum. <laughs> I mean, I just chant that with me whenever I feel I'm in a little danger, whenever. I mean, it's just something... Are you, Amazing. Open, are you open to chanting for us now? And, and oh, chanting, sure, I would uh, love to. Current listeners and listeners who can listen to this in the archive form, just tell us, uh, move us into a meditation as we, we end the end of this program. Okay, so just take a deep breath and just, you don't have to understand um, the meaning, but what it does do is it puts a protection on you and asks the darkness to leave and for the light to come in. Beautiful. I Mahiana hoka nehi kona kahu hoa hoa no ahike Thank you, Linda. Thank oh, you so much. Mahalo. Tell us how we can reach you, get your discs, uh, your sound, your classes with the Swimming with the Dolphins. How do we connect with you? Oh, thank you. Um, my website is hunahealing, H-U-N-A, healing.com. And the information is on there about how to how to reach me, how to do the spiritual journeys, the dolphin trips for next year. Um, they can order the CDs or MP3 downloads. Um, and they can also go on iTunes if they want to, you know, get the downloads directly. So it's everywhere. It's also on Amazon. Okay. So once <laughs> and, again, give um, us your website. It's www.hunahealing.com, H-U-N-A-Healing.com. And my toll-free number is uh, 866-583-8370. That's 866-583-8370. 
And I will have all that information and already do have a page of you if you've looked it up on Evolving Women's Consciousness. There's a page dedicated to you, Belinda. And um, listeners, whether you believe this or not, whether your life is clear or not, no matter, this is worthy of your attention, your well-being, your health, as well as a sense of the meaning and purpose of, of our lives as human beings to connect with as many dimensions of life as we know or don't know. And Belinda represents to us a consciousness we need to look into and possibly will walk away dancing freer and happier in our lives than ever before. Well, Well, I know I'm much more happy having connected with you, Dr. Francis. Oh, my goodness. Oh, you call me Carol. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Oh, well, thank you so much. I look forward to seeing you again. And and I want to redress that book. The book is amazing. So you make sure that your your publishers get that out ASAP. I can really wait to finish it. (laughs) Well, it's it's a little bit of a, you know, kick the butt in gear to take an active role in you know in our own healing but what a, what other time but now we're living in some great shifting times that's really true so well you know it took you four days to heal from a paralysis in your back and and a yeah. sclerosis of your youth maybe, maybe we can get that book out in four days too you know why not oh wouldn't that be something but sure. <laughs> 2012 that's what we're aiming okay. for. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Mahalo. We will talk to you later. Mahalo to you okay. as well. Mahalo. Thank you for joining us. And we'll look forward to talking to you on Monday. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.